kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. I need some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's... Oh. Oh. Okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see. What do I want? Uh, yeah, can I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving your cookie. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Good for 85. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously, and thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. in the world. Oh, uh, uh. What? What am I supposed to do? How can I, how can I do anything about that? C can I even help with that? I don't. Your copy, sir. Oh. I, I can't, I can't take this anymore. I, I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch. Hey, buddy, come here. Hey, man, every time I watch that movie, I get stirred up. And so I guess you can uh, walk away um, 
with a different understanding or take of this video. Um, but what I walk away with when I see that is that when I stop and really open my eyes and take a look and kind of slow down in my tracks and take a look at the world, I see that there's need. There's need. Uh, whether we notice it or not, there's need. And uh, I believe God is calling the church to kind of slow down and, uh, and open its eyes and see the need that is out there. Amen? Amen. So this morning, um, my message is called With Purpose. It's not called Get Service. It's called With Purpose. And, um, and what I'm trying to bring forth this morning, what I'm trying to teach you or tell you this morning that God laid on my heart is that God has called his church to live with purpose. Let me say that one more time. God has called his church to live every day with purpose. And I'm not talking um, about the general uh, thinking or understanding of what God's will is. You know, I remember when I was in college, I used to pray that, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, I, want to be a youth. I knew God called me to ministry, but I didn't know if it was a youth minister or a music minister or a pastor. I, I was like, Lord, what do you want from me? I really believe that we need to not stress over that because when we do the right things, God will reveal it to us. But when I talk about with purpose this morning, I'm talking about every single day of our lives. God desires us in every choice that we make, in every word that we say. I believe that he calls us to live with purpose in that. Do you believe that this morning? If you don't, I'm going to try to convince you. <laughs> you ready to go? Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And when you have it, I want you to give a strong amen. Oh, there we go. I was waiting for it. Okay. Come on now. Amen. Some of you guys are, ooh, that was good. Some of you guys are fast flippers that, <laughs> Ephesians 5. I always try to be the first one. I don't know. All right. This is a scripture this morning that God has laid on my heart, and I believe that uh, is for me this morning, but I also believe it's for the church. This is what it says. It says, be very careful. Then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray this morning, God, that as I speak, that you would use my words, Father, to challenge the church this morning that you would anoint my words, God, I stand behind you. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to receive. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. As you read this scripture, this passage of scripture here, you read, uh, I'm sure you notice that there's a couple comparis comparison statements that are in these verses. And what do I mean? The Apostle Paul starts talking about not living as unwise, but as wise. Comparison. He's saying, don't live like this, live like this. And then if you continue reading in that verse, it says, do not be foolish, depending on your translation or your version of the Bible. Mine says, do not be foolish, but it says, but understand what the Lord's will is. All right? And there's, you can take a, a lot of different interpretations, but I'm talking about today what I feel God is impressing on my heart is understand what God's will is for me today. I believe the Holy Spirit can do that. Do you think so? 
Do you think the Holy Spirit can reveal his will every single day? I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the church today. How do I know if I'm living unwise? How do I know if I'm living wise? It's a good question. I think this is not talking about sin. I don't think Paul is saying don't live um, in sin. We don't want to live in sin, obviously. But I don't think he's talking about that. I think he's talking about the things that we allow into our lives. Live as wise because the days are evil. You know, there's some people that just wake up every day. And I, I've known some people in college, some of my friends, um, that they're just go-with-the-flow kind of people. They wake up in the morning. They have no agenda on the calendar. They look at their calendar and they're like, well, I got nothing to do today. And they put it away. And they're like, well, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow. So they get a phone call. Somebody says, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go over here. Sure. Hey, I'm going to Antarctica for a couple of days. Come on. All right, let's go. No, just no, going with the flow. You know, and if you're like that, I'm not trying to come down on you at all. That's not my point. Uh, God made us all with different personalities, and it's great, all right, because if we were all the same, it wouldn't be fun. But living wise, I believe, is moving with strategy every day. It's having a plan, all right, as you wake up in the morning. I believe living with purpose is having a plan for that day, having strategy and saying, Lord, whatever it is that you have for me, I'm going to try to be aware of what it is so that you can use me for that. I remember when I was in, um, I was in high school. Hello. Anybody home? I remember when I was in high school, uh, I was in 11th grade, and um, I had this teacher who was retiring. That was his last year teaching. All right, so just kind of use your imagination. So he was just very excited to teach us every day. Not, okay. He didn't care. He was like, I'm retired. This is my last year. I'm out of here. Guess what? Y'all can do whatever you want. So um, for some reason or other, uh, we would play chess in that class every day. So every morning I would look forward to going to that class because we would play chess. And I never knew how to play chess. Anybody know how to play chess? Any hardcore chess people out there? Okay. Cool. And so I didn't know how to play chess, but I was taught when I went to the class. The students taught me. They say, this is what you do. The horse goes like this. You know, the little uh, thing with the point goes this way. So, you know, they were explaining to me. Um, and so I would play against certain people. But, you know, there were some uh, hardcore chess people in that class. And they would just whoop me every day. Real quick. I mean, in a matter of minutes, I was done. And uh, what I noticed is, is that these chess players, these, these, uh, these students that I would play against, before they, the game even started, they had a plan. They had a strategy that they were going to use against me, and every time it worked. And uh, I just, I went with the flow. I just like, okay, horsey over here, bloop, and I'll put the little horsey there. Okay, this, and, and you know what, and I would just lose every time. But I noticed that those that have a plan, that have a strategy, are going to be successful because they're going into it thinking ahead. Verse 17 says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And as I, read, as I read this passage, God gave me three areas that we can be able to live with purpose in our lives every day. So remember, as, you, as, as I go through these, I want you to think, not God's will, like, ooh, where's God? You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about every day. What is God's will for your life? I'm talking about living with purpose every day. All right? First thing that I believe God is challenging the church to live with purpose in is our words. If you're taking notes this morning, that's my first point. God is calling us to live with purpose in our words. 
And you say, well, Pastor Moses, how, how, how do we live with purpose in our words? What are you talking about? Listen to this scripture here. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. All right, I think we should take note of this. I think we should listen up. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. All right, this is a, um, a little recipe here that I don't think all of us really practice, uh, put into practice. And, I, you know, sometimes I include myself in that too. Sometimes I'm so quick to speak, I'm slow to listen, and I'm quick to become angry. All right, I just take it backwards. And it's funny, but when I grew up in my house, my dad was a pastor, and so I, I was a PK. And uh, we were always in church, and, and uh, my dad would read Proverbs every day. Vamos a leer Proverbios hoy, Moisés. And we would all get together, and, you know, he would read in Spanish, or, you know, once in a while he would read in English, and we would get there and listen to Proverbs. But my dad also had scriptures throughout the house, and my mom helped him put them up. And this was one of those scriptures that it was all around the house. And uh, we would go into the kitchen, it was there. In the bathroom, it was there. Uh, in the living room, it was there. So I think he was trying to tell us something, me and my sister. I don't know. But another version of this says this, Proverbs 10, 19. It says, when words, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Let me read that one more time. That's so good. When words are many, sin is absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. So what does that mean? That when you're talking all the time and speaking and saying without thinking, guess what? You might trip into sin because you're just talking too much. I believe God has called us to live with purpose in our words and what we say. There's times that we should not say anything at all. We need to keep our mouths closed. Can I, can I talk like that? Is that okay? I know I'm not your parent. <laughs> but I believe God has called us to zip our lips. There's times that we need to speak up and say something because something's not right. But there's times that God calls us to be silent. And that's walking in purpose. Okay. I have a little, well, yep. Yeah little revelation to you this morning um, that you may find mind-blowing, but you're not supposed to say everything that comes into your mind. Did you know that? <laughs> Can I blow your mind this morning? Uh, what would happen to our church if, if everyone said everything that was in their mind? Can you imagine? I think there would be fistfights in the parking lot. I think somebody would throw the tissue boxes at people and, there would be, you know, it would, be, it would be chaos. Because, you know, you're saying everything that comes in your mind. You're not supposed to. All right? You may say, well, you know, uh, Pastor Moses, I don't know what you're talking about because Jesus always said everything that was on his mind. He always spoke and, and told people, you brood of vipers and you da da da, you know. Um, let me read a, a little passage to you so maybe this will bring it into a little bit of understanding. And it's in Matthew, and I'm going to start, um, I don't know the chapter. It's verse 59. It says, the chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they can put him to death. But they did not find any. Though many false witnesses came forward, finally two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that the men are bringing against you? Do you know what Jesus did? He stood up on the rock and said, Yo, everybody listen up. I got something to say. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. Did he do that? What did Jesus do? He remained. He didn't say a word. See, there are times that you need to speak up, but there are also times that you need to stay quiet because that's living with purpose. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you don't speak up when you're supposed to. 
and end up going with the flow and being part of something that's not right. Or listening to somebody that's talking bad about somebody else. And instead of speaking up and saying something or, or, uh, or just walking away from the conversation, you end up indulging it. See, I believe those are times when God calls us to live with purpose. We have choices that we make every day in our lives. Do you agree with that? Every day we're, we're filled with choices. I was talking to a brother after the first service. Sometimes we're driving down on 405 and somebody flashes us the finger. And, and, you know, I'm like, oh, man, you know, he just gave me the finger and crossed me out. You know, come on, can I, can I be honest with you? Can I speak openly? Does that happen or not? Of course it does. We live in this world. All right? So you have a choice. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? See, we, we are confronted with choices every day. And in those choices, we can choose to move and live with purpose in those choices. Or maybe you like to please everyone, and this comes out in your speech. And you may say, well, who, you know, who likes to do that? I remember I used to struggle with that in college. People would ask me to be a part of something or do something, and I'd be like, sure, yeah, I'll be there. And guess what? Didn't show up. <laughs> I'll just stay home and uh, didn't go. But see, uh, being a person of integrity with your words is so important as well. If, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, sometimes somebody asks you, you may be asked something in church, hey, you know what, I have to, uh, I got to go clean those railings on the balcony on Saturday. Can you help me? Oh, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll see if I can be there and, uh, and help you and, you know, and then you never show up. See, we need to be persons of integrity. What am I saying? The practical understanding of it is if you can't go, if you can't make it or you can't be a part of something, don't say yes. Say, I can't do it. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? But sometimes, you know, those are the things that really uh, speak to us. If you can't make something to say, hey, you know what, I, um, I would like to be a part of it, but unfortunately I can't make it. So you can be a person of your word, person of integrity. God blesses people that, that do this. Do, do I always, am I always um, doing this, and do I, am I always successful? No, I, I struggle with this too. But, I, but God, you know, convicts me and says, Moses, be a person of integrity. Be a person of your word. Live with purpose with everything that you say or don't say. Amen? All right, number two. God calls us to live with purpose with our time. Number two is with our time. I'm going to read you something. I'm reading a book here. It's called Being Weird. It's called Weird. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool book about standing out and being separate from everyone else and separate from the world. And, and, um, and so the author of this book uh, wrote this little passage, and I want to read it to you. It says, we live in a timed, starved society that relentlessly pushes us to the limits. And not just at the holidays, buy more, do more, accomplish more, conquer more, rush, rush, hurry, hurry, more productive, more efficient, and more expedient, more, more, more. It's insane what passes for the norm today. Most people work uh, far more hours than they used to. Who works only 40 hours a week anymore? Trying to get ahead or simply survive. Our evenings or off times are crammed with activities, the kids, sports, music lessons, and yes, church. Many families rarely have time to eat together. A typical family dinner now includes a round of Happy Meals from the drive-thru in 15 minutes between dance and soccer practice. Even kids today are overwhelmed. I know many families with seven and eight-year-old kids who on top of homework and school are out, uh, out four or five nights of the week doing extracurricular activities, not to mention the schedule they have to keep 
on the weekends. Doesn't this sound about right? All right, and you know what? And I'm, if you are a soccer mom and you bring your kids here now, I'm not trying to say what you're doing is wrong at all. But I'm saying this is, this is what carves us today, our society. We go, we have to go, 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 go. The more you have shoved in your day, the more successful of a person you are. Isn't that how people see you? You know, the more you do, the more today. You know what, sometimes I go to, uh, I have to run a couple errands. And, and I shared this in the earlier service, but I don't know if this is you or not. I have to go to Albertsons and get some milk. Yeah, I got to get some toilet paper at uh, uh, Big Lots. Um, or what's it called? This um, Is it Big Lots? Okay, I was thinking of another store. Yeah, and I have to go to uh, and pick up some, you know, something at the pharmacy. And for some reason or other, I, I feel like I'm an Olympian and I'm trying to do it in the shortest amount of time. So I need to go to Albertsons, then I need to, you know, run, get the milk, then check it out, then get in my car and go to Big Lots, get some toilet paper, run back, and then go here. And then I'm like, beep, and I stop my stopwatch. That's almost what I feel like I'm doing sometimes. I try to do it as fast as I can so that I can get home and, and do whatever I've been doing at home. Is anybody, uh, is anybody with me on that or are you just kind of like, you, Pastor Moses, you're crazy? But isn't that, isn't that how we try to do sometimes? We go and we go and we go and we try to do it as fast as we can. And, you know, the problem with that is, is that we believe in a person called the Holy Spirit, don't we? And sometimes that person tries to get our attention. And because we're going so fast and going so hard and trying to fit as much as we can in our day, when the Holy Spirit tries to get our attention, he's not able to do it. That's the problem with that. I believe God wants us to live with purpose in our time. Awesome scripture here, Luke 10, 38 through 42. I want to read this to you. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. And I just picture Jesus in that soothing, calm voice. Not like, Martha, Martha. But, you know, Jesus, you know, nothing really took him by surprise. So he just looked at her and probably said, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. What I found interesting about this story is that two people were presented with the same opportunity, but both responded differently. Martha spent her time focused on cooking, setting the table, wiping down the furniture. But Mary chose to focus on what mattered most. Here's the reality of it. What am I trying to say? We end up spending time on the things that matter most to us. It's just the truth. If, you watch t if, t if watching TV is important to you, then you're going to make sure that it doesn't matter where you are on this, on this green earth, that you're going to be in front of a TV at eight or in, in 15 minutes. It doesn't matter if you're stuck in traffic. You're going to do what you can so you can make sure you watch your TV shows. Okay? If uh, playing video games is important to you, then you're going to make sure you spend hours and hours doing that because that's what you want to do. If getting ahead in the company is important to you and you want to make sure that you're the CEO of, of whatever corporation, then guess what? You're going to spend hours and hours investing into that because that's what's important to you. All these things I mentioned, they're not bad. They're not wrong. But the problem is they come with a price. They come with a price. 
if we spend much of our time doing these things, then we'll end up sacrificing something else. And a lot of times, what are those something else's? Time with God in the morning. You know, you say, well, I hung out with my buddies late last night, so I'm just going to sleep in a couple more minutes this morning. And then what you end up doing is you sacrifice your time with God. Well, I'm trying to get ahead in the corporation. I'm trying to be the CEO by 2012. And guess what? You're probably going to sacrifice your family, your children, your spouse. You're not going to spend as much time with them. I don't know if that's necessarily living with purpose or necessarily what we need to be doing. One of the quotes um, that I thought was hilarious uh, is this. If the devil can't make you really bad, he'll try to make you really busy. Ain't that the truth? If the devil can't make you fall into sin or, 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 or mess up, guess what he's going to do? He's going to distract you from being effective for the kingdom of God. Let me say that one more time. If he can't make you fall into sin and do this, and he's like, well, they go to church and they do this, he's going to distract you from being effective for the kingdom of God. See, God has called each and every one of us to be effective for his kingdom in your world, in your job, wherever you are with your family. Wherever you go, you are called to be effective for his kingdom. And so what he does is he just puts one thing after another in front of you, and you're like, oh, i got to do this, oh, i got to do that, oh, i got to do this. And then you end up not doing anything that matters. What am I saying? God is calling us to be purposeful with our time. How do you choose, how do you decide what's important to you? How do you decide what you want to invest your time in? And you say, Pastor Moses, oh, fine, I want to do that. I want to be more, I want to be a better steward of my time. How do you decide? Well, let's pretend that there was an asteroid coming to hit planet Earth in 24 hours. You watch the news, that's all you hear. You turn on the TV, there's an asteroid. It's coming to hit planet Earth. It'll be here in 24 hours. Everybody run for your lives. Ah! Everybody screams. Ah! Okay, that's good. Why don't you scream now? One, two, three. There you go. Wake yourselves up. Come on now. Let me ask you a question. What would you do with those 24 hours? You want to find out what's, what's important, what you should be investing your time in? Let me ask you that. What would you do with the 24 hours that you had if you knew that there was a big old meteor coming to hit Earth and Earth was going to be no more? You would spend time with who? With God. You would spend time with your family, with your spouse, with your children, with those loved ones that you have. See, those are things that truly are important to us. And I really believe, I'm going to go as far as to say that I believe God has called us to live like this every day. To live like this every day. That's living with purpose. Brother Brent is a sound guy. Everybody say, hi, Brent. Every once in a while, Brent's, Brent's a hard worker. If you know Brent, you know that he's a hard worker. He, he just, when he's in, he's all the way in, and he's here doing some sound stuff and setting up, tearing down the stage. And sometimes I'm a good music pastor, and I say, hey, Brent, let me go get you a nice little cup of coffee at Starbucks, right? And so, um, you know, when I first came here, I wanted to do that, and I got Brent a cup of coffee. And, um, and he said, okay, I want, uh, I want uh, a venti, caramel macchiato, quad shot, double cup. And, uh, and so I remembered all that. He actually said one more thing, but when I got to the uh, drive through the window, I forgot the last thing. And so the thing that I forgot was Brent doesn't like foam. No foam, okay? He's like, foam is not coffee. It's just fluff. It's, it's nothing. It's just wipe it off and put it to the side. 
And so when I go to Starbucks, I say, can I get a, a, a venti caramel macchiato quad shot, double cup, no foam for Brent. And I bring him a coffee. And because um, foam is no good. It's excess. It's not necessary. It's not true coffee. What am I trying to tell you this morning? See, if we want to live with purpose in our time, if we want to be good stewards of the time that God has given us, we need to get rid of the fluff, the foam, the excess in our lives. We need to look at our, our lives and say, Lord, what is it that you don't want me to do? What's unnecessary? What am I investing too much of my time in that's not, that's not um, for your kingdom or not for my family? See, we need to get rid of the fluff, get rid of the excess. I'm going to rush through this. I have a couple more things here, but some of us need to create, you know how there's to-do lists? Everybody has a to-do list, whether you write it down or have it in your head. Some of us need to create to-don't lists, okay? Come on now. Some of us need to look at our lives, examine your life, and say, what, what am I really spending a lot of time doing that I need to not be doing anymore? It's not sin. It's not necessarily bad. But it, it, it's not living with purpose. It's not, it's not bringing you gain. It's not furthering your kingdom. It's not furthering your family and the relationship you have with them. Some of us need to examine our lives and say, I'm going to create a to-don't list, and I'm not going to do that anymore because it's not, it's not beneficial to me, to my family, to God. Okay? Awesome guy. And I'm going to share this and go to my next point. Okay? But I, I want to say this, very practical. Um, this guy named Andy Stanley. I read this, and, um, you know, the question, this book was called, Is It Wise? How do you know if something is wise or not wise? How do you know if something is something you should do or not? Let's say somebody asks you, hey, let's go out to eat. Let's go out to dinner and, and just kind of hang out for a little bit. Well, you say, okay, I'm facing a choice. Should I do it or not? How do you know if it's wise? Let's say maybe you've been attacking debt, and you've been trying to get rid of your debt. And, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're having a hard time keeping your budget together and having a hard time financially, is it wise to go out to eat? Probably not. What if, uh, what if you've been working on your marriage and, uh, and you promise your wife, you know what, on Thursday nights we're going to have a date night, boo. We're going to go out to eat and we're just going to hang out together. Is it a good idea uh, for you probably to sacrifice your date night to go out with some friends? I'm not just talking to the young people. I'm talking to everybody here. These are the kind of choices. This is how we decide. I'm, I'm talking about living with purpose, and I'm talking about everyday decisions. That's how we decide. Maybe it's not a good idea because I promised my wife that I was going to, you know. Maybe you haven't spent time with your children that week. Maybe it's not so wise that you go out to eat. Maybe you need to say, hey, you know what, I, I would love to hang out, but I, I really have to be at home tonight. So these are the, I'm talking practical now, the practical things we can do every day because we're faced with choices. And, and I don't know about you, but I want to live, I want to invest my time with purpose, everything that I do. Number three is actions. Number three, actions. We are called to live with purpose in our actions. When I think of a man in the Bible who truly walked every step with purpose, I think of none other than Jesus Christ himself. There's an awesome verse in John chapter 6, verse 38 where Jesus shares his mission statement, all right? Uh, his purpose for being on this earth, he shares it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 38. You ask, well, what, what was, if you can sum it up in a nutshell, what was Jesus doing on this earth? It's right here, Matthew 6, 38. This is what he said. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 
And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise him up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. See, this was Jesus' mission statement. Everything that Jesus did in those three years of ministry fell under this mission statement. If it did not involve this, Jesus was not a part of it. Do you remember when he ministered to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? He spoke to her. You actually get a a bird's eye view of their conversation. He ministered to her. She got saved, and she she started spreading the word in the whole town. Do you remember when Jesus um, uh, ministered and, 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 uh, and, and stood up to those that were persecuting the, the woman caught in adultery? Do you see how he went out of his way and he ministered to her because he knew that she needed salvation? All right? Zacchaeus, I mean, it's, it goes on and on. Nothing that Jesus, if it didn't fall under this mission statement, Jesus didn't do it. Now, why am I saying that? I'm asking you today, what is your mission statement? Do you, do you have one? Do you have a mission statement? Do you have a guide that you live by? Well, you may say, well, the Bible. That's, you know, the Bible. I live by the Bible. But, but do you wake up every day and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to, how do you want to use me today? See, that's what I believe God is calling the church. And if it doesn't fall under that, then make a choice not to be a part of it. This is probably easier said than done. And, and this morning, I'm not preaching this uh, and, and saying that I have, I have arrived and I have accomplished this. I struggle with this as well. God is challenging me to be better at this. But see, we need to think that way, church. Because life is here one moment and it's gone the next. James says that, that our life is like the fog. That the fog is there when you wake up, and then a couple minutes later, it's gone. That's our life. Do we want to? Do we want to use? Do we want to uh, uh, use our life doing things that that are trivial and that don't mean anything, or do we want to use our life accomplishing things with purpose? An awesome scripture here. It's found in Matthew fourteen fourteen. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. See, the cool thing is that Jesus saw the people, just like this guy with the glasses. Wasn't that cool? He put those glasses on, and it's it's like he saw everything different. It's the same with Jesus. He saw the crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he began to minister to them. God has called us to do the same thing. See, we need to wake up in the morning and we need to say, Lord, I pray that I would have your eyes today. Help me to see the way you see. And I don't think that's a prayer that you should pray every month or every, you know, six months. But I think that's a prayer that you should pray every day. That you would say, Lord, help me to see with your eyes. That I would see the needy. That I would not be so involved in my life and running and and trying to bring everything I can into it. But, Lord, that I would see with your eyes so that I can see those that are in need. So what am I saying? I think that we need to put our spiritual 3D glasses on. (laughs) 
I probably don't need to do this, but guess what? You're going to remember this because I put these on. So what am I saying? Every day, church, every day, let's take off our natural eyes and let's say, Lord, help me to see with your eyes so that things would look different to me. So when I see people and see their need, that I would be moved. What am I talking about? My point is living with purpose in our actions, in the things that we do, in the people we speak to. Let me take these off because you guys are distracted. You guys are not going to listen to anything I say if I keep those on. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd and had compassion on them. See, the first thing we need to do is slow down. We need to ask God to help us see through his eyes. I believe with God's help and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can live lives of purpose, church. We can live lives with purpose every day, every day. With what we say, with the things that come out of our mouth, with how we respond to a situation, with how we choose to stay quiet. Or sometimes when we need to, how we choose to speak up. God calls us to live with purpose in our time, how we manage our time, what we invest into, what we choose to do a lot of. See, we need to be like Brother Brent, and we need to get rid of the excess. What is excess in your life? What should be on that to-don't list that you need to not be doing anymore? Because it's not very beneficial. God has called us to live with purpose in our action, in the things that move us, in the things that we respond to, that we would be able to see through his eyes. And I'm going to close with this scripture this afternoon. And as I read this scripture to you, I'm going to ask Robin if she can come up. And as I read this scripture to you this afternoon, I want you to pretend like Jesus Christ was physically in this room. And I know you say, well, Jesus is in this room. I know. But I want you to pretend that he is physically here, that he was in the flesh. And that he was looking into your eyes right now. And he was speaking this to you this morning. Every person, use, let's use our imaginations. Jesus is speaking to you today. He's looking at you. He's looking into your eyes, and he wants to tell you this this morning. He says this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity that you have because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, my daughter, my son, but understand what my will is. See, God is speaking that to the church today. He is calling the church to live with purpose every single day of our lives. That when we wake up in the morning, that we would say, Lord, whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to do through me, whoever you want me to speak to, 
God, it doesn't matter how many things are on my to-do list today, and, and I'm trying to check them off. But if you stop me in my tracks, Lord, I pray that I would hear your voice, God, and that I would respond, Lord God, so that you can use me. God, that I would not be distracted and not ignore your voice and not hear your voice. God, but that you would use me today. See, that needs to be our prayer every day, church. We need to pray that. God, help us. God, help us. God, help me to pray this every day so that we can truly live with purpose. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Can you lift up your hands this morning, church? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray this morning that you would help this church, God. Every person represented in this room, God, every hand that's lifted up. Lord, I pray that we would not go through life and, and have regrets because we didn't invest in the things that truly matter. But I pray, God, from now on, from this day forth, that you, Father, through your help, because we can't do it on our own, God, but that through the help of the Holy Spirit, God, we would live lives of purpose, that we would live, that we would make choices, God, that matter for the kingdom. God, that we would not be selfish and try to expand ourselves and our own kingdom, that we would expand yours. I pray this morning, God, that you would forgive us, God, if we have lived selfishly. God, that you would forgive us, God, if we have only looked after ourselves. Father, but I pray this morning, God, that we would put on your eyes. God, that we would have your hands. God, that we would have your feet. That you would make this church a dangerous church, God, for the kingdom of Satan. God, everything that we do, God, that it would be full of purpose. Use these hands this morning, God. I pray, Lord God, there are some people in this room that are going through difficult situations in their jobs. Some, some people are being persecuted for their faith, made, made fun of in their schools. Father, but I pray, God, that you would give every person a boldness, God. That you would give every person a steadfastness, God. That wherever they go, God, that they would make decisions that honor you. Decisions of integrity, God. That every word that comes out of their mouth, God, would be words of truth and words of purpose, God. That you would let them know when they need to be quiet and when they need to speak up. I pray this, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, use us, God, and move us with compassion wherever we go. With our family, God in the supermarket, in the gas station, that we would be moved with compassion, just like your son was. Let this church arise. Let this church arise, oh God, and be moved with purpose every day. I pray this, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. Let it be so. Amen. Man, I want to challenge you to come tonight. I want to ask you to come tonight. We have an awesome service planned tonight. Uh, Pastor Dave is bringing the word, and so I'm excited about that. I want to say real quick, we, uh, the, many of the pastors were in Phoenix this week, and we were at General Council. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're part of the Assemblies of God. And so we usually go to Anaheim for our district council, but this year uh, General Council was in Phoenix all right, and I, I heard that some of you guys were real hot this week. It was a hot week, but you know what? I don't feel bad for you because in Phoenix it was 113 degrees when we were out. So uh, it was really hot. So we were there. Pastor Steve was actually uh, come from there, and he's on vacation uh, right now. So he's enjoying a good time of rest. So why don't you guys, when you think about him, keep him in prayer. 
so that he would be refreshed during this time of vacation and come back and be ready to go. Amen? All right, God bless you all. Have a great, great afternoon.